Okay, anything else uh, before I jump into the COVID update? I don't think so. Jeff, <coughs> Jeff, are you just on the telephone? <coughs> Jeff Rector, Commissioner Rector. Yep, I, I am, Gary. No, I'm good with that. Okay, you're not seeing the screen then, just so you're aware of that. Okay. Yeah. All right, perfect. All right. Um, so just a, a quick COVID update. Uh, and Jeff, uh, Margie, and Di Diane, I know she's not on the phone, but I wanted for the benefit of the new members to remind everyone of our mission statement that we adopted, I believe this was January of 2020, to promote the well-being of the citizens of Rio Blanco County with respect and dedication to our unique way of life by protecting the overall health of our community. So we'll just jump right into our COVID update. I wanted to show you a new addition on the dashboard and then take any feedback questions. Um, we are seeing an outbreak currently in Rangeley amongst youth. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of testing, working with the school district uh, to contain that outbreak. We have had one additional hospitalization um, of a resident of Rio Blanco County uh, since our last meeting. That individual's been, been discharged now. Um, don't have an update on their health. Um, so our data here, uh, just quickly, so historic. Um, so we're up to a total of 581 cases, 34 hospitalized. And what we added here to the dashboard is a count of our uh, individuals vaccinated within the county. So this is a number that we calculate um, on who, how many people are vaccinated inside our county, meaning via public health, or at either of our healthcare facilities. And is that just a single dose or is that fully vaccinated? It's both. So I did put in small writing there, it's very confusing, but uh, the people vaccinated is with at least one dose. And I have an update on what that means, um, which we can talk about here in just a minute. Um, but I did break it down into the total vaccinations given and people vaccinated with at least one dose because our state numbers, it matches very closely. Um, I do have a link here if anyone um, would like to go to the state website at any time and see, um, I'll pull that up here in a minute. I think it's on the next slide. Um, but the percentages that the state is calculating, they pull it from an information system that has people's addresses. Okay. We don't have access to the granular level data, like who, how many of those individuals were vaccinated out of county versus in county. It's really hard to get that number. However, the calculations, just like with our case counts, I wanted to make sure that we were giving the data that we had um, and making sure that that aligns. But there's so many reporting delays. Um, I can't, there's no guarantee that all of the vaccinations are being reported in a timely manner on the state dashboard. So we have our own numbers because that's what I can uh, justify reporting exact numbers for is basically the summary of that. But it matches closely to what you will find on the state and actually uh, national databases. It all kind of comes out in the wash in the end, if you will, with the numbers. Um, so any questions about that or concerns? Let me go back to the dashboard here. Because I know there is a lot of confusion regarding where a lot of these numbers come from. So let me just open it up to questions here. And I'll pull open our current situation also. Yeah, can you go to that slide that shows number of Doses given and and that stuff. There you go. Yep, there we go. So here. So, <clears throat> there's 1,810 that have had <coughs> at least one, and we've given out 3,184. Um, what is that about? 
So total vaccinations. Those have had two then? Yeah, and it, because it's, in, it's due in 28 days, so some people won't get their second dose. Right. Most people will. So we'll always be on that rolling basis. Yeah. So someone could be, for example, two weeks out from their booster. So it will never be a double. Um, so right. that's the total vaccinations given in the in the county. And then the number that is of people vaccinated would be people who have received at least one dose. So that's the best way that I can calculate um, with the most integrity for the data, at least for the numbers, how many people have had at least one dose in the county. Because that's a report that I run that um, distinguishes between individual patients and numbers of shots given, if that makes sense. So we're close to a third of our population having at least one dose. Um, a third of the eligible population. Yeah, or more. So 18 and up. Yeah. And currently, if you wanted to go ahead and pull out the report card here for this week, mm -hmm. it breaks down the vaccination data a little better here um, on the back. Um, so you can see, I'm going to go ahead and just move the slides. We can jump in. Um, I did want to discuss wrap up a few things regarding the new public health order and the dial um, and case counts, but let me just move to the vaccine slide really quickly. So we are at 33.1% of our eligible population. That is the number that comes from the state. So if you look at our numbers, it roughly, it roughly works out. Um, it's lower than I'd like it to be. We're definitely right in line with a lot of other similar counties with similar demographics. So we do see just some general hesitancy in some rural areas. We are hoping to just increase outreach and education, uh, keep offering uh, a variety of options for our citizens so they'll continue to get vaccinated. And we'd like to be um, closer to 50%. I would like to be there. Um, that's a goal that I, preliminary goal I set. Uh, wanted to ask the Board of Health about that. I don't know if, uh, Jeff, if you have any feedback. Um, I think that's a realistic goal for before July 4th, at least, to have at least half of that eligible population vaccinated, um, looking at the rates that we're, we're seeing through our clinics. Um, so any feedback on that would be welcomed. Um, of course, just around us, we're similar to Moffitt. Moffitt's at about 34%. I think Route is somewhere around 66 or 67. Garfield is at um, somewhere between 40 and 45%. So. It makes sense given where we are, but I'd just like to see a little more um, uptake of vaccine for sure moving well, forward we, into the summer. We have it available, though. Is that correct? So it's yeah. really up to the population. Absolutely. At this point, like yeah. anybody that's of eligible age has the opportunity to be vaccinated if they choose. Yes. And that's all we can do. That is true. And education is important. Just people understanding, you know, of course, questions around safety, questions around the benefit of vaccination for not only yourself as an individual but your community. That's what we'll be working on um, as far as outreach and education for the next couple of months. It, what I hear from a lot of people is, why should they get a shot? They still have to wear a mask. They still might be contagious. They can still, it doesn't seem to provide really any benefit. I was wondering if in order to answer them, there might be some measurement between vaccination and immunity that we can make a link there to show, well, if you get vaccinated, it helps you in some way. I find that data absent. I don't see anything about any relationship between a therapy for its intended purpose. I'm actually trying to figure out why this vaccine is given because it doesn't have the agent in it. I cannot get measles protection from the chickenpox vaccine nor vice versa. If the agent is not admittedly not in the vaccine, then how can anyone get immunity from the vaccine? 
Oh, it's, it's extremely effective. Um, the Moderna has been shown to be somewhere around 95% effective. That is not um, there, really. It's an mRNA vaccine, so it's experimental technology. So that means it's experimental. People are learning that their insurance does not cover them in the event of an adverse event because it is an emergency vaccine, nor is their life insurance policy in effect if they die from the vaccine. I think the public needs to know this. It's very, very rare, and the data is out there. It does support the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. I'm happy to share that with you okay. this time. Um, and we'll continue to provide that information to the community. So thank you for your comments. Um, any other questions or concerns about the COVID vaccine? If not, I can, we can jump into the... Hey, Alice, this is Margie. Is it a correct statement um, that some of what the vaccine does is if you yourself get it, it helps minimize your symptoms, um, making them more more manageable? Yes. The data has and so that. maybe that's some of the answers. So if you are a, a highly vulnerable person for COVID and could have um, pretty devastating effects from it, the vaccine will hopefully minimize that um, and make it make your body fight it better and hopefully not end up into the hospital and those kinds of things. Right, if you and that, with, with COVID, yes, the, the data has shown that. That's a good point, Margie. Yeah, and so that, that may be some of the messaging that is valuable. Thank you, Margie. Uh, any other uh, feedback or input on the vaccine? So I, I got a quick question, and then yeah. he had his hand up. But um, <clears throat> do you think that people are holding off from getting the vaccine in hopes of Johnson and Johnson coming back online? Because there's, I've read a lot of stuff. People only want one shot versus the two. Yeah. So do you think that that's partially why our numbers are lower? Sure, and I've actually got some updates on that. Um, and of course, this was just in the past couple of weeks that the FDA and uh, the CDPHE lifted the pause on Johnson. So Johnson is now available. Uh, we can order it if we choose. I was actually going to ask the board if, if you think I should go ahead and order that now that it's available. We still wouldn't be guaranteed to get any. Um, but what the new studies are coming out, we knew this was coming. Again, this is a, a delay arc. Information is only as good as our data that we've received. So we now, um, after analysis with Moderna, widespread Moderna um, administration, we're seeing that uh, they're looking at around, and correct me if I'm wrong, Beth, 80, 80 or so percent effectiveness after one dose of Moderna versus about 68 with the Johnson & Johnson. So they're even encouraging individuals now, if you feel more comfortable um, taking the Moderna, which is what we carry, um, over the J&J, even just one dose. Of course, two is still preferred for that full 95% uh, effectiveness, but one dose of Moderna would still be better than nothing at all. So, so lots of options. Getting that second shot was since. Oh, no, it, 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 no, not, definitely not. It's still encouraged and it still has, it still gives you the best coverage and immunity. So. But it's higher um, than the J&J. Um, yeah, Moderna, in, yes, it is um, after the studies. So far, the data we're seeing. So there's lots of options. In other words, to answer your question, Ty, there's lots of different options. So hopefully now, and again, if we can continue to educate and let people know their options, which we do quite a lot on a daily basis, um, we're seeing a lot of people who are waiting for the J&J &J have come and got their dose of Moderna. Just last night after that study came out, even we saw 
um, some people who said, well, we're just going to go ahead and get this Moderna, we're probably going to get one dose, and we said, okay, that's your choice, absolutely, whatever you uh, find is the best choice for you. So I don't think it will play as big of a role, um, but I think we'll keep seeing more people. I think that's a really interesting statistic that it might not hurt for our locals to know is that even with one dose, you're supposedly 80% effective uh, yeah. with the stuff we have available. Because I was kind of going with where Ty was going is that there are people wanting to do it just with one dose. Mm -hmm. So I think we either ought to get some J&J &J or really promote the idea that one dose of the other is just as, is actually as effective, if not more, than the J&J. That, that's just where my brain is. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Because sure. I don't think everybody realizes that. I sure did. Yeah, and it's changing. Not that we're encouraging them to not only know. get one dose, right. yeah, but still. Yeah. Um, sure. But I think <clears throat> to Jeff's concern, he's got some valid points there that need to maybe be tried to be addressed is that there is a perception out there that. There needs to be an incentive to some extent as to why get the darn thing if uh, we're still going to have to wear a mask. And, and you know, in our community, that's but we're not, an issue. Yeah, oh, okay. According to President Biden, he wears two masks and has had the shot. So, yeah. so, I mean, so the reasoning behind getting a vaccine, there's multiple things, and I'd be happy to do a separate educational discussion or piece about this. The reason I have my mask on today is if someone in this room is not fully vaccinated, I'm fully vaccinated, there's still a chance that I can have a, a breakthrough case. I'm doing it as a choice to protect any vulnerable individuals that might be around. It is absolutely everyone's choice. The CDC still does say, even if it's not mandated, which in most places it's not anymore, it's not mandated in Rio Blanco County, wearing a mask is not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of following a rule that, you know, it's about a choice, it's a personal choice I make to do everything I can to protect those around me. So getting a vaccine doesn't mean you still have to wear a mask. In many settings now, in Rio Blanco County, we don't have any places where we're, it's mandated unless you're in a facility that chooses to follow other mandates that they are um, held to. Um, that's their choice, but it's still also the choice of the citizen to decide what they want to do to protect themselves and their community. So that's the reasoning behind it, um, and I'm happy to provide you know more data, more statistics surrounding all of those things. Sure. Studying this issue since 1955, uh, I was raised by a medical doctor who did not believe in vaccination. I've never had one. I've never been sick in my life. I don't see why I should now take a vaccine. That's I'm very good. fortunate for you. No, 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 <laughs> it's not it's not an accident. You see, I live according to the laws of nature. I don't get sick. Because I don't live that way. We talk about chronic diseases. Those are mostly lifestyle type diseases. I'm really looking for a reason why I should, after all this time of practicing alternative medicine which I've recently retired from, why this instance should be when I start to vaccinate myself, when I, my body's never exhibited symptom one, reason one, of any immune deficiency, any immune inability. I feed my, I feed my immune system viruses just because they let them beat up on something once in a while. Something drops on the floor, I'm liable to eat it anyway. 
So I don't see why I'm not being compelled, you see, and I'm a very reasonable citizen. I want to be safer, but I don't see a reason why I, nor any one of my family, who now three generations have not had the benefits of immunizations, and they don't get sick. They don't have a medical history. And I don't see why, based on what, as I look at it, and I do that as practicing, I look at this thing which is supposedly making people sick, and I see the healthy people staying healthy, and I sick people getting sicker. That's kind of how it is. Natural selection. I, I really am having a hard time equating the evidence of the need for an emergency, which means that the vaccines don't have to be tested adequately because they're approved for emergency use, which means they haven't been tested adequately. We're all part of an ongoing experiment. And for me, one of the major things is freedom of choice. I am first a constitutionalist because if I lose my health, I have remedies for that. If I lose my freedom, I don't have any remedies for that. And I've lost my freedom right now. That's why I speak. Because somebody has to. Thank you for your Thank comments. You. Um, there are, I, I, I would answer to your question, the reason why would be for your fellow citizens in Rio County, there are some that are very ill and have had many serious side effects from COVID-19. Even I, today, if I why take the vaccine, on behalf of their I health? can still make them sick according to the authorities. If I get the vaccine, I don't help them anyway because I can still shed it and still give it to them. And so I'm not actually helping them by taking the vaccine. But I, I just think bottom line is, is it's, it's everybody's individual yeah. right. I mean, if you if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. If you want to get a vaccine, get a vaccine, and you have choices of vaccine. So it, I, I don't think that, especially here in Rio Blanco County, anybody's pushing anything on anybody. It's just, you know, if, if you have, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a chronic illness or a pre-existing condition or something, and, and you feel more comfortable getting the vaccine, then I think that that's your choice, you're right, and, um, you know, move move beyond it. But I think it's the, the biggest thing that I think we're trying to convey would be it's it's your body, your choice, and, and you get to choose at the end of the day what you want to do with it. Yeah. Well, we've clearly got some diverse opinions here, and we appreciate that. Um, I think... I don't mean to cut you off at all, but uh, we've got a couple questions. Eddie's got one back here. Can you speak up? I can't. Yeah. Here. So they already launched the um, mobile vaccine trailer, um, and it's going up through like Eagle and Summit County, City Mesa, Garfield, skipping Rio Blanco and hitting Moffitt and Trout. You know why? Because we don't need need it. Because we're offering weekly clinics on both sides of the county, and that's not happening in those other counties. Oh, because they're stepping back from the clinics and that trailer. Um, no, that was just an extra. It was an option offered by CDPHE. Um, if counties wanted to have additional um, 
you know, shop clinics offered, and we said that we, we would welcome them, but we didn't have a need because we're offering, and now we're offering in-office appointments for anyone who wants a shot. So we haven't had to turn anyone away. We've been able to get everybody scheduled. Um, so I didn't participate in the planning for that, but we did say, you know, we'd be happy for them to come here. In fact, I think the last conversation I had with Roberta Smith out of Route County was, we really need a Pfizer vaccine, mobile vaccine clinic to come through here because that's something we don't have up here. So we agreed to collaborate together to try to see if we couldn't get a Pfizer bus to come. Um, but they're carrying Moderna. And since we already had that, we didn't, we weren't a part of the, the needs assessment. I think they sent out a survey asking if for places that didn't have, um, that had the need. And so if you wanted to, you could select it. Yes, we did have that need. And so we did not select that we had the need. However, um, hopefully we can get a Pfizer bus um, that would be great to cover those 16 to 18 year olds, 16 and 17 year olds um, that aren't covered by Moderna. So I'm still waiting to hear back from CEPAG on that one. Thank you. I have a few questions, Alice. Mm -hmm. So the Pfizer is now saying you're going to need a third dose about a year after. Has Moderna said that? There's nothing concrete that I have to report today, Carly. Okay. Today, keywords on the actual booster date. You know, we're look, we're hearing it. We're hearing about the annual boosters. What we're hearing from most companies at this point. Okay. Um, so I have not heard anything official from Moderna, Beth. I'm not. So, uh, but that's what we're hearing too. We'll see what Moderna. Yeah. Um, my other question. Oh, great. Um, are you noticing? Is Rachel and Meeker taking the vaccine about the same uptake, or is there a discrepancy between the two communities? That's a really great question. I haven't done a true analysis, but it, from what I can tell, based on population size um, and the numbers I've crunched so far, it's actually something I was thinking about adding when I have the time into our report card. Um, it looks like just a slight difference in Rangeley Meeker, a little more uptake in Meeker than Rangeley. Okay. However, we've seen the reason actually I halted that analysis with the last couple of weeks, we've seen an increase in Rangeley. So lots of people in Rangeley, CNCC's reached out about wanting to do a shop clinic on site. So I'm waiting to see how that might um, even out or change the okay. And then my last question, um, CDPHE puts out marketing on some of the vaccine staff, is that correct? And I'm thinking maybe we could get some of those slides and images and share them on our media profile to help get some of those uh, numbers about the statistics and why you should, yeah. if your desire to take a vaccine, do it. Uh, but I believe CDAPG does that. If I'm let me, you know what, I this is where I have that link. Uh, let me share this link um, and answer your question, Carly. Uh, yes, so they send out weekly slides from their vaccine update call. Okay. So what I could do is potentially start sending, just forwarding those to you, and then if you see something that you think would really work well on social media or our website, mm -hmm. we could pull those. Um, and then there's also, I just wanted everyone to see, this is that COVID-19, the CDPG website that has a lot of information about vaccine. Um, it has the county level data. Um, that's where I pull a lot of those images from, but it also has um, on the homepage here for vaccines, a lot of info. Um, so they more or less, everything they share is on the website somewhere, but I okay. think some of those graphics, you're right, would be really great to okay. incorporate. Yeah, maybe push some of that information out. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sir, uh, well, go ahead. In, yeah. in that messaging, would it be fair for the sake of balance to include 
statistics from VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, along yes. with it? Yes, we now <laughs> Absolutely, yep. And that's actually available. Um, I know there's a link on this website to all of the VAERS data. We do use VAERS adequately for, uh, appropriately within our clinic. But it has, and what uh, Jeff is referring to is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's nationwide. So if someone has an adverse event after a vac receiving a vaccine, the healthcare provider enters that into the system, and that's how they track a lot of these. Um, so yes, we could definitely include a link to that as well. Great. All right. Any other vaccine questions? I way better move on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do a quick update on <laughs> on the PHOs. Just one quick question uh, on the vaccine where you can call in to get an appointment. Uh, this can start in May, correct? And is there a time period? Are you going to do it from like eight to five, or are that's what I've seen of people saying they can't get it because it's in the afternoon yeah. or whatever? So I just didn't know if that's going to be out there from for morning folks. Uh, we we're going to wait and see what the demand is. We want to totally design it around what people need. So okay. we'll likely have clinics towards the end of the week. That seems to be the more popular date. Um, we're we're going to have to still try to schedule people in blocks of ten. That's one of the other challenges. However, we're planning to keep make sure we cover both work day hours and after work day hours. So, like we've been doing with the four to six, seems to capture most people with their work schedule. However, the good thing about doing it this way and shifting from these bigger clinics is now we're only seeing you know 10 to 30 people each clinic. Um, by having them in office, we have more flexibility in when we can schedule. You know where we can schedule them, and then if we start seeing a demand, we'll look at weekend options. Maybe do a attend those clinic at the public health office on a Saturday. So the whole point of switching was to try to get a little more flexibility. Um, so that's a great question, but yeah, we'll try to offer different times and days as much as possible. And with that, Alice, just so you know, um, it's on the website, and I'm working with Caitlin from the Herald, and we are pushing out that the clinic structure is changing. The final two clinics, community-based clinics, are happening, and then we're going to this. So we'll push that pretty heavy through May. That the structure has changed. Great. And Pioneers Hospital is still doing their clinics by appointment as well. I spoke to Christy today, so we'll keep putting a link yeah. on our website for that. I haven't heard anything from them in a while, and I never heard anything from RDH on theirs. I know RDH has stopped, but PMC is still going, so I'll get Christy. To maybe send us a link with those. Yeah, and then I can update our site. Okay, um, so just a quick jump again on the report card. Any questions about case counts or where we are right now uh, as far as case counts and trends? You think the spike in Rangeley was from prom? <laughs> you have that. Am I allowed to say yes? Uh, definitely was a was a trigger <laughs> event. <laughs> so it, the the good thing is we are seeing it mostly amongst youth that big spike in cases. So. Um, okay, let me get my bearings back here. Uh, the dial, just quickly, want to. I have, there were a couple of questions. I apologize, I didn't have all the answers to last work session, which I now feel comfortable in answering any of the questions. We really want to make sure. My main question is, you know, communicating to our citizens and our businesses how this is all working. Um, the state website now it has it, it has it pretty clearly laid out. Um, you can see we're in the gray. We're one of the many counties that will not have any public health orders. However, um, I just wanted to, and I put it in your packet just to review 
There's a summary one-pager. This is the what remains of the state order. So I just, again, as always, I've always said, I think it's just important for people to know um, what is still in effect, what isn't. Um, and then when we're asked questions at our office, of course, we refer them to, we can refer them lots of places, but it's very confusing for people. I, I found and printed off the resolution passed by Mesa County uh, Board of Health a few weeks ago. Um, actually, it was passed almost a month ago now. And I don't know if this is, this is just an idea for you guys to look at. If it's something that you wanted to even just put a statement on our website, maybe on the front page, there's nothing really on our website that necessarily clearly says, okay, in Rio Blanco County, we are, you know, doing this, that, or the other. And I love the way Mesa County's website has it laid out. It has their, you know, right to choose policy right there front and center, but then it has links to, you know, here's the CDPHU website, here's the summary of what's still required by state order so people are aware. They still have their five-star program, you know, in place for restaurants and businesses, which we, we didn't ever enact anything like that, but it at least gives people a nice sort of summary of where we are with all of these. The confusing situation with the ever, which now at least hopefully won't be ever-changing, um, because once now we're, now we're, we've made it to that point. Um, just a suggestion, so we can ask the board, you know, what you thought about that, if that was something you might consider. Um, I think we definitely need to push out what our position has been early on, and I think it's been very consistent that <clears throat> we're not going to enforce mandates as Rubenco <coughs> County is concerned. I think we have that right now. That was the May 7th letter, yeah. uh, which Carly, you did push that. Is it on the website, though? Mm -hmm. It is. You would probably have to dig a little bit for it. Yeah. Um, the dial expired and all the public health orders expired, we did not come out with a real clear, we just reiterated our stance from mm -hmm. the beginning. Which goes back to the fact that the commissioner said that, you know, we're not, you know, hasn't changed anything. We're not changing anything. However, they may still be under, like some of the other things that we've done, you're not controlling what CEPHE does if they decide to send out a health inspector. There's no control or guarantees or protection for that person, I think Alan had that conversation with them. You can do this, understand that this, you know, your license through Dora, you know, he has no impact on what Dora says. But I think we do wrestle with the idea we have some population, whether it's businesses or otherwise, that think every time CDPHE changes in our county, that the county hits the reset button and we don't. Our position has been consistent. Uh, and we need to make that clear. And the Mesa County resolution is pretty good. It's you do you. And I think we chose not to necessarily pass the resolution or we talked about it. Um, we could, if that would be clear, but well, our position has been the same all along. I think that would send the message. I mean, if, if we're, if what we're trying to do is send a message and make a statement, then I think by passing something similar to that would would do that, would accomplish that. It makes us free of any public health orders. It's still, schools are mandated by the Department of Education. Which is, yeah, health. that's beyond our, that's, yes. that's their choice, but that's beyond our. That's beyond. Personal services are still included because they're licensed, that you think yeah. licensed under DORA. The is covered. <clears throat> 
Well, just for select purposes, there's a lot. Yeah, not yeah, every no problem. Uh, the okay. And it's in that. So all of that info yeah. is in this one pager for the board here. If you guys want to, you know, yeah. that was just uh, the best summary I found that actually tweaks out everything that's in the new updated order. And then, um, you know, this copy of Mesa. So, so again, it's just generating. My job is to communicate uh, and to educate to protect people's health. I'm not necessarily the vehicle for the political stance of Rio Blanco County, nor am I the appropriate vehicle for that. So I want to give you the opportunity as it relates to public health orders. When we get office, we get calls every day, and we still, as we have from day one, reiterated that that is not our stance, that's not enforced, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't mean that people aren't still confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's very confusing. So if you want it to do. And not everybody's on Facebook, so just even if it was a statement from the board, would probably be helpful for us. Um, so we could put it either on the website on our front page, or we could send, you know something that we send out. Um, so the email that we sent out to the businesses that we I made sure had the statement mm -hmm. from you all. You know, you just think about it. That that is just our businesses. So there's probably people who aren't on that email list. There's citizens that are still confused when they go into a business. So just any broad messaging, really just summarizing it would be would be great and helpful, I think, to our department. And I think one thing that could help is we could very clearly do something on the website, push it on social media, and maybe do a ad in the newspaper that just says, here is Rio Blanco County stance. We don't regulate DORA, services, we don't regulate schools, we don't regulate hospitals. That's that. Alice, this is Margie. I had an opportunity to hear Jeff Kerr speak last, last week um, to a chamber event in Grand Junction for the businesses about Mesa County stand. And I, and I thought the way he kind of positioned it was, was really good because he talked about with this, you know, free to choose that they aren't. Mesa County is not shaking their finger and saying you need to wear a mask. However, he did call out that we need to be courteous to businesses that are regulated beyond our county level. And so if you walk into a business that may be regulated by DORA, know that help that business and comply. If you go to the airport, you have to comply. Um, and so I think if we message it in a way like that, in the sense that um, Rio Blanco County believes in free choice, but we all, um, our businesses sometimes have to work within the regulations outside of the county. And so please be courteous and respectful of them trying to do the best they can. That's all you're asking people to do is, is be courteous of the situation. Margie, this is Jeff Rector. Can I, can I answer to that? I think mm -hmm. you're exactly right. And the problem is, is through Red Blanco County, we've tried to give those pe the people the pro-choice to do that on one side or the other. But at the, at the very end of it, we need to be respectful people. If they want to wear a mask, they want to get vaccinated, or they don't, then we're okay with that. Um, That's right. Please, That's just let, let's, let's give people that choice of whichever direction they want to go. Um, we know through, you know, um, you go back a year ago when, we, when this COVID first started, we pulled the trigger on Rio Blanco County, and uh, we shut the county down for two weeks. I look back at that now, and I'm thinking that wasn't a very smart decision. But today, 
I look at that because it took quite a while for us to get some case counts there. But really, at the end of the day, if you want to make, or if you want to wear a mask or you want to get vaccinated, we need to be willing to say, okay, we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. We can't start looking down our nose at people. And we've got several special districts in our county that have to do that. And, and they have to comply to some state mandates, some state orders. And we understand that at the end of the day, guys, we're, we don't want to overstep our bounds. And so, yeah, we, we need to be respectful of one another through this thing. And I, I'd like to add to what Commissioner Rector just said is I think that, let's, let's be honest, we're talking about public shaming on either side of this, and it should not occur on either side. You know, whether you choose to wear that mask or you choose to get that vaccine or not, it should not be uh, peer pressure either way coming from Red Lake County is my thoughts on. Okay. Commissioner Moyer, that's a, that's a great way to say that. You're exactly right. We, we shouldn't be shaming people into one way or the other. Yeah. Great. I think um, you guys have handled and balanced this well very much it's been a difficult year and a lot of walking on a tightrope with it but i think for um, rio blanco county you've navigated it well and i think to continue that messaging of rio blanco county respects it you have your choice to mask or not to mask the only thing we ask you is take into consideration guidelines others have to follow our schools, our hospitals have to follow other guidelines and then carry on, you know. But in a, to, to message it out in a way that's not real, that's a little bit just conversational, I think would, yep. would also um, make your point. Because when you're having an easy conversation with somebody, it's not judgmental. And that's what you're trying to get across. Well, and Margie, I think to go back to that point, I think what's happened is, is we've not always agreed with our public health department. Um, they've done a great job, and Alice and her team has done a great job, but we haven't agreed with that. So what's happened is we've got that adversity back within our community that, well, God, those commissioners are being a pain. You know, that's not the point. We have not changed our program from day one of this deal. We want people to be able to make that right, that choice, that if you want to do that. Um, if Margie, if you own a business and you want to say, hey, you got to wear a mask, and if I don't want to come in there, I don't go in there. If you tell me yeah. I don't have to wear a mask and I want to go in there and patronize you, I can do that. That ought to be that freedom of choice for these individuals in Blanco mm -hmm. County. And I think that's why we all live here. Because we have that ability to make that freedom of choice. And I think, um, you know, you, you have been saying that all along. And even though there's been some tough decisions along the way that you're allowing the freedom of choice, I think what happens is sometimes you have to refresh that message so they're hearing it again. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Could I say one other thing? I, I appreciate everything that Jeff and Margie just said, and I completely agree. But I think just 
just take it, look at it. What I'm trying to get across is that my message being about public safety and health, right? I, I want people to get vaccinated. We want individuals to take care. That can't, I can see how that might be misinterpreted as a political message. It's not. It's completely scientific. So that's where I'm asking if there was a way to communicate that in a balanced way, like Margie said, Jeff Kerr, he's the director of Mesa County Public Health, and I've actually tried to mirror him throughout this pandemic and a lot of my messaging to the public. Um, so I, anything we can do, I think everybody's right. Um, so just look those over, and that's the reason I brought that to you today, that resolution from Mesa. Just so you can see it, if it's something you want to do, great. If it's not, just get with Carly. Let me know if there's anything you can do differently you know, to reframe the message, but we'll continue. Well, I educating. think, I believe that our statement that we've been putting out there should be included in any communication where we're putting out the state, all the state guidelines simply, so that at every opportunity we're letting the public know, here's what the state's recommendation is, here's where Reblanco County's at. Like you say on the website, it shouldn't be something we have to dig for. Um, should be front and center along with all these other recommendations. If I'm hearing right, I think that's a Carly. Just yeah. Get on the website, yeah. something like that. To put that Any time this goes yeah. out, just like we did with your communication to the business, uh, we want our st statement, and if we go ahead and do a resolution, then that could replace that. But uh, well, that needs to be you know, you put it out there once, and I don't know how many people go back and look at our resolution, so that would be important to Continue to push that out. Mm -hmm. yep. so <laughs> Sounds good. Exactly. We've well, Commissioner Moira, I, I think that you're exactly right. And, and the problem is, what's happened is we've got divided a little bit between the board and our public health department, and that's not because there's a big disconnect between CDPHE and CDC on their guidelines that come back. And we've tried to give our constituents or set up some guidelines that people could make that pro-choice. Um, and, and it was never about uh, a division between public health and, well, might have been a little bit with CDC and CDPHE because we just didn't quite agree with a lot of their stuff. But really, we don't need that division between our own public health department and the Board of County Commissioners. Well said. Yeah, and I think, you know, just the observation I've had here, you have moved past that. And if you mm -hmm. keep leading by example and working in tandem like you are doing on this call, then then that shouldn't that should just go away. If you if you let it go away. We learned we've we've you guys are reconnected, you're working in sync and and so it's it's done. It's over. Cool. Good. Thanks, Kittle. On that note, let's move on. Uh, so this, just real quickly, we're over time now. Just wanted to make sure I shared these updates with you. Um, of course, public health is a lot more than just COVID. Uh, so I just wanted to let everyone know, um, I printed off a copy of our departmental goals that we approved, the Board of Health approved again in January of 2020, I believe. Um, or it's not, maybe it was 2019, December. That's all we did. There's so, no be a pandemic. I know. It is. Seriously, we sat there, and I, it's just, I, it's crazy to think about. We had my top chosen topic for the Board of Health meeting, that first one in September of 2019 was pandemic influenza. Just as an educational topic, I picked something I thought this would be good to talk about because we need to be prepared. 
Um, anyway, so this is these are our five-year departmental goals that we approved on. So I just wanted to give all of our, now we have a, a almost completely new um, board, um, minus Gary and Jeff. I wanted to make sure everybody saw those and knew that those were, and I believe they're on our, our website. We have them on, uh, Michaela had helped me create a tab. Okay. We need to look at that probably just to make sure we visit. Um, we're still, we're moving ahead with our county health dashboard again, with our DUA signed with PMC. So there's a lot more I want to add to our website now um, that's not got anything to do with COVID or only uh, just related to COVID. So these are those goals. I invite any feedback from our board members, new board members, but I just wanted to point out two things we are currently moving ahead with um, to catch up for 2021. So we're partnering with our school districts. Uh, we've offered to both Meeker School District and Rangeley School District to offer a back-to-school shot clinic for childhood vaccinations because we're still behind in MMR and um, HPV and meningococcal and PDAP vaccination rates, and that's the stats here. So this was one of our goals before. So this, I think, can go in tandem with COVID vaccination. We're just gonna try to continue to educate, but offer, I think it's worked really well. Rio Blanco County citizens have given us overwhelming feedback that they love the drive-through fluke shop clinics. They thought that was just fantastic to be able to just drive through once a year instead of having to make an appointment. So we wanna do that with our schools and go to the schools and say, Back to school shot. Everybody knows what a pain it is to get their kids all to school. You know, it's a rush in late in early August in public health to get those shots. So if we took it to them, um, we partner with the health clinics as well. So I know Meeker Family Health Center uh, uh, has offered the help, and we could just go together and just offer that vaccination for parents and kiddos that want it. Um, so we are doing that, and then um, family planning. This is just something I need to make sure I um, put out there. So currently, our Title X contract requires that we have a provider who can come in-house and provide services. So this has been a, a whopping total of four hours, um, actually, of time, even since we've received the, the uh, contract in uh, July 1st. So it's not a huge chunk of time. Uh, both of our hospitals have expressed the interest in wanting to collaborate with us. The big issue, of course, we want to prioritize you know, the need for providers for primary care in our county. That's hard historically to recruit and staff. So we would never ask, you know, our clinics, of course, to give us a provider, even if it was only a few hours um, a month, if it was something they couldn't, couldn't provide. But it's important for the board to know we lose that funding, the federal state funding, if we don't acquire that by July 1. So um, I'm keeping in close contact with RDH and their situation there with the providers and they are you know, willing to send someone down when they do have someone fully uh, trained and ready to go. Um, but Pioneers has also expressed desire to send someone. So I have an IDA that Vicki has. She'll be going over with Don um, to, to, to present to PMC to see if that's something that either or that way between the two sides of the county, if we can have one provider able to fulfill that couple hours a month in, the, in, in a public health office, that would work, and I talked to the program. They said that would be fine as long as there's somewhere people can go um, within the public a public health office. And we will be looking at about another um, award amount of forty one thousand for this next fiscal year. So that would cover the entire cost. That includes women's health. A lot of you know that covers um, contraception for anyone who's not insured, Pap smears, uh, STI testing. We do a lot of things. We serve a lot of people. So I think it is very important to continue that, um, but I wanted to just update you um, on where we were. The only other alternative would be hiring an independent provider, which would include a whole different set of legal 
issues. We have to insure them. We have to, you know, have a totally different contract to actually hire a provider directly versus through one of our local clinics. Um, so I'd like to still pursue that option as long as both clinics are still willing and able. And Alex brought this to, uh, to the attorney's office back, I think in January, February, I think we've been working on it, but then it was kind of one of those things that COVID was going and things were going. So that has transferred to Don. So I will get with Don and get those documents to him or him to Shore, which he may have something similar to his two other counties. Yeah. So I, and Alex and Don, I'm going to try and set up a meeting between them so they can get to Perfect. All right, and that's any other questions about that? I'll just keep you updated, and if we get to a point where it's approaching July 1 and we haven't had success, we'll just have that discussion as to what we want to do with the program because, of course, it will it will cost the county to continue it if we don't have that funding. And we can continue doing that like we did in the past, but it, I was, I was uh, preparing for the Title X funding and the budgeting for the next year. Okay, if there's no other questions, that's all I have. Is there any comments or concerns or questions from any board members or issues, things you'd like to see added to the to the goals um, or for the next uh, meeting? Of course, you can email us also. But that's all I have for today. Thank you. I think we've had a great discussion here today, guys. Does anyone have anything else? All right, we will adjourn this, I believe. So, Thanks, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for getting on, Margie. Thank you. And Jeff. So we'll. Thanks. All right.